Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Jesus That's Good News podcast. This is a space where we're going to share the gospel, aka the good news, to anyone who has a vulnerability to pull up a chair at Jesus' table with no reservation needed. Hello, Julie. Hi, Devin. It's been a while since I've seen your face and we've gotten together. You look tan. You know, I was on the beach, relaxing. Nice. And the ocean waves hit me. And the sunshine just fall on me. It was an amazing week away. How was your week? You know, Jody and I took off and uh, just got away for a week. And it was it was nice. I needed it after a week at the county fair. Not answering questions and just kind of, you know, being able to relax a little bit. It was good. It was good. So I missed us, you know, doing this. I, I missed us being together, and um, at the same time, I've gotten some great comments from some friends uh, here in, just in the past couple days of people listening. Um, so, yeah, I hope some of our listeners were able to catch up. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and we appreciate your feedback and reaching out and saying that, you know, maybe an episode or two just really struck a chord with you, and we'd love to hear it. I'm finding that as I talk with individuals, we talk about God showing off a lot, Devin, and I I see this, like... It's so weird. I think that some of our content is really striking people in a in a good way, in a powerful way because of what they're going through in their lives. And so it's just awesome knowing that, you know, we gather together here, not knowing how God is going to use this in the future as people listen and as people do life. And so we hope that this is just more of an asset, more of a blessing for you and, and can help you in some way. So with that said, man, we're going to dig into some hard stuff. This is probably the hardest topic that we've talked about since we started the podcast. And because it's such a deep and intense topic, we're going to be splitting it up into two weeks. Yeah, prior to logging on here today, Devin and I said, my gosh, we could spend, oh, what, hours just talking about this um, just because it's so big. So we're going to talk about this idea of forgiveness And uh, we've posted a few things on the Facebook page about forgiveness. Some great videos Julie's been sharing. Powerful stories. Um, And I challenged some individuals or challenged anyone really who was looking at the Facebook page the other day. You know, when there's this story of forgiveness, it, it makes it to the news. I mean... Is it because forgiveness is so rare? As I was thinking about that uh, post and I started wondering about my own forgiveness stories, like, do I have one? And and what does it look like? What does it sound like? Because if we're walking around and we don't have stories of forgiveness, then I think we have some work to do. And therein lies the challenge. So this is going to be a challenging message for sure. Absolutely. So like I said, we're going to split it up into two weeks. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about God's forgiveness for us and how we can, you know, allow him to forgive us and for us to feel that forgiveness from him, but also just forgiving ourselves first and foremost, which if there's anybody out there like me, I am my own worst critic. Mm -hmm. I'm very tough on myself. So I think this is going to be really good for me to just just talk about and, um, you know, hear the good news for myself. Yeah, and me too, uh, Devin, as well. So let's jump right into it. I remember preaching on this several years ago. 
And um, I had everyone in the congregation at this church that I was at, I had them all just raise their hands. So Devin, as I'm looking at you right now on the podcast, I want you to raise your hand. If you're listening at home, um, raise your hand. If you're driving, keep one hand on the two wheel. Two hands on the wheel, people. Okay, I'll let you just one. Ten and two. Okay, but I'm <laughs> going to ask you some questions because here's what I want us to do. This is the question. What comes to your mind when you hear the word unforgivable? So I'm going to ask you some questions. And Devin, get that hand up. Get it high. Okay. Get that hand up really yeah. high. So if you have Sorry. your hand up in the sky, in the air, whatever, I'm going to ask you a question. If I say something that is unforgivable, that you think is unforgivable, I want you to put your hand down. Okay? So here's a couple questions. We're going to start really easy. Devin, what if I stepped on your toe? No worries. Forgivable? No worries. Okay. All right. Forgivable. All right. I think most people would agree. Unless you stepped on, on like a new shoe, then we have some issues. <laughs> well, then that's a whole podcast about materialism. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, we'll shelf that one for later. Okay. So what if I pulled your hair and didn't say I was sorry? I mean, I'll forgive you, but like, are we going to be friends moving forward? I'm not sure. Okay. Well, that's a good question. What if I totaled your car and you hmm. didn't even know I had your car? Would you forgive me for that? Yes, I would forgive you for that. Really? We're going to see how close this friendship is, actually. What if I gossiped to a potential employer and you lost out on a job? Let's see. I think my hand, hand down for that. The hand went down on that one? Yeah, because now you're messing with not just me, but like my livelihood. So you're saying family. you can't forgive me for that? Okay, but this is the part, Julie, that we have to talk about next week because there's forgiving and moving on with your life yeah. without them. I think that's a whole other thing. I do too, but I'm just want I just want us to get warmed up here. Okay, so your <sighs> hand is down. Your hand is down. But some of you listening right now might uh-huh. still have their hands up. So let's say, what if I made fun of you on this podcast in front of your friends and family? True. Would your hand still be up on that one? What if the next question is, if you still have your hand up and you're still able to forgive me, what if I hurt one of your kids? Oh my gosh. If your hand is still up, here's the next question. What if I hurt one of your kids really bad? Last one, what if I murdered your best friend? And I know that these are escalating in terms of harshness, but this idea is is that I want to find our line of unforgiveness because I think we all have one. And I'm not asking your opinion about whether or not you think any of those things I just said were wrong or right. They were wrong. We agree with that. But I'm asking you, what line of forgiveness are you unwilling to cross? Now, how do I know that you have a line of forgiveness? Because if you are listening to this podcast And you say there is either A, no one I need to ask forgiveness from, or B, there's no one I need to forgive, then I I don't know if you're a real person. (laughs) It's just don't you think, Devin, it it goes hand in hand in relationships? A hundred percent. So how can you be in relationship with other individuals? And I think there's always this need for forgiveness and for healing. And so in that respect, yes, we're gonna talk about that a lot next week. But I was just sharing with Devin and, and we always have to remember that this life is all about relationships, not just with other individuals on a horizontal plane, but with God as well. And so if, if our life is about relationships, then Satan is all about doing one thing and that's about killing relationships. Yes. This is his biggest card that he wants to play is trying to 
kill any relationship that you have. And I think he uses shame to do just that. You guys, just a warning right now. We're going to be mentioning Brene Brown probably more (laughs) than you ever wanted to hear or tag her, repost this. Do whatever you got to do because Brene Brown, you are the goat. She is the goat for sure. But she's just, she's the guru on this. She said so much research on shame and other things. And we have to remember that shame is the primary thing that keeps us from receiving the forgiveness Mm. of God and forgiving ourselves. As Brene says, we we stay in this shame cycle. So we want to talk about some of this a little bit. I don't know about you, Devin, but I've got stuff in what I call my hall of shame. Things that I got that event mounted right here on my wall. I got a trophy for that one. I got it, you know, a plaque for this one. Like all these things. And you walk past it every day? All all the time. Yeah. A constant reminder. Yeah. Of ways that I've screwed up or I've hurt other individuals or things that I'm just really embarrassed or ashamed of. What about you? Yeah. There's stuff in my life that I wish I could just start over and do it again. Because I definitely wouldn't have done it that way and... I think it would let go of all that shame. Let it go. Yeah, Elsa. But I think that's too where you live and you learn. I think that plays into it um, because I know that I, I, I won't make the same mistakes again. At least I'll try not to. Sure. Because I've felt that shame and I know what I did was wrong and I wish I could take it back and I can't. I think for people who walk in faith with Jesus, I know that growing up, one of the biggest struggles I had was was wondering, am I forgivable? I had been convinced by the church uh, that I grew up in uh, that I was falling short every single week, that I had messed up every single week, and I'm talking about as an eight-year-old. Uh, but I, I grew up thinking that, you know, it would take a huge miracle for God to even forgive me. Um, I think a lot of people who find themselves in faith uh, with with Jesus or attending church, I mean, they want to believe in forgiveness, but they don't really feel forgiven. And I asked this question of Devin when we were looking at our notes or preparing our notes. How often have you heard people say that? Like, I just don't feel like I'm forgiven. Yeah, or worthy of forgiveness. Yeah, and what does it feel like to be forgiven? To me, it feels like weight being taken off of Mm, your shoulder. Yeah. At least that's how I feel if, you know, someone says, hey, I forgive you, or if I get to the point where I'm healed enough to say I forgive myself. I feel like I walk a little lighter the next day. So I think that when we buy into this lie, and I make no mistake, it's a lie that Satan gives us that, you know, Devin, you've gone too far. Devin, you know, the sin you committed was absolutely the worst thing possible. No one has ever been so rotten as evil as you, or I can say this about myself too, right? That when we buy into that lie, that some things just can't be forgiven, I mean, he has us right where he wants us. You know, he is trying to kill relationship or any belief that we have in our hearts that God is good, that God is love. But I think one of the things we do when it comes to sin, though, Devin, is we like to categorize like big sins, little sins. I remember. (laughs) Okay, so I remember when I was like, I don't know, 18. No, I was more like eight. Okay, I got I have a confession that I once um, I was a shoplifter. Okay, what did you shoplift? It's really embarrassing. I was going through this little tiny store here in town. It was called the Sundry Store. People, old timers in Waverly will remember it. But I remember there was this big bag of Red Hots. Do you know what Red Hots are? Like those little tiny discs, Mm -hmm. right? And they were just so tempting. And they were yelling out, Julie, poke your finger. Poke your finger into that bag. 
And so I did. I was standing there and being really coy as an eight-year-old, and I wiggled my finger into this plastic bag, opened up a hole, and reached in. I grabbed one Red Hot, popped it in my mouth. And it's crazy. I've never forgotten that. Like, I've never forgotten that I committed this sin. That's a little sin. Who cares? God can handle that one, right? Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I, I hope people still listen after that bold confession. I'm out of here. I figured you would be. Okay. But no, like... I don't know, Devin. Did you have any pina coladas at the beach? Of course. Of course you did. Yeah, right. And so, you know, the church will tell you drinking is a sin. And so, <laughs> so but yeah, um, I think God can handle that one. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I make fun of people behind their back. That's not too mm. bad. I think God can handle that one. And so we categorize all that and say, yeah, that's within God's realm. But what about other things what if somewhere in the past uh you cheated on your spouse and you carried that guilt and shame for years can god forgive that what if you lied to the irs and stole thousands of dollars and even though you made amends no one knows can can god forgive that what if we've done the unthinkable in the past i think we live our lives wondering can god forgive that And I think the good news is yes. Yeah. I think he can. And I think not only can he forgive it, I think God is a God who wants to forgive. And I know that because we see in Jesus Christ the fact that he didn't hang out with all the good people. He hung out with individuals who messed up all the time. The sinners, the tax collectors. That's who he seemed to be at home with most of all, Devin. Not the perfect people, but those who were needing some love and compassion and forgiveness. And let's go back to our very first podcast. Do you remember what it was about? Yeah, the prodigal son. Yeah, and what was the gist of that story, do you think? It talks a lot about this, compassion and forgiveness. Yeah, that's the central theme, right? That that we have a father who is uh, welcoming and embracing a son who has made horrific mistakes. And that forgiveness was offered to him well before the son even opened his mouth, right? Well before the son even told his story, the father was running to him and offering forgiveness. And we see it, you know, in Matthew chapter 9. Like, Devin, do you have that in front of you? Let's let's take a look at when Jesus sits down with those nasty scoundrels in, in Matthew chapter 9 as he sat down to have dinner with them. Okay. So as he sat down at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. Oh, that's so good. And I love where Jesus says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So beautiful. Like, I don't care if these individuals, I don't need them to go through certain steps, A, B, and C, to slaughter this lamb, to do this thing, to offer this at the temple. He's like, no, you know what? My message is all about mercy. We talk about this all the time. It's not the checklist. It's the change of heart. So he desires mercy. Jesus knows that by offering forgiveness, by offering mercy, that's going to transform people. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, later in Matthew chapter 11, just like a chapter or two over, Jesus is referred to by the Pharisees as if this is a huge insult. Jesus, friend of sinners. Oh, no. 
And I love it, right? Because I'm a sinner. That's great. So he's my friend. Yes. So I love that because that means he's my friend. And in 1 John, it says, you know, if we confess our sins, if we talk to God about what's going on in our lives, it says he's faithful to forgive us our sins, you know, and to cleanse us. I, I love it. Like, if I'm honest with him about this is where I'm struggling, this is where I messed up. It says he's faithful to forgive our sins. Mm. Why? Because that's the kind of God he is. He's a God who is just and he forgives. And when God forgives, Devin, I mean, he forgives. And he moves on, right? Like there's, there's no like holding that over your head. No, I don't think, I don't think that God is a God of games like that. So I have a question for you. Yeah, ask. I don't know if I have an answer. I mean, I'm not just saying that, but go ahead and ask. So is forgiveness from God automatically given? Or does he wait to see how you respond? Like we talk about how there's the change of heart that takes place. Is he waiting to see that change of heart? Or is forgiveness automatically there for you to take? I think that's, that's, a, very, that's a powerful question. Okay. Um, and this is where I don't claim to have all the answers, but I'll give you my opinion about that. I think that it's in God's nature to forgive. Automatically. I do. I think it's in his nature to forgive, but I think it's us to make that step forward. And I'll give you an example. If we go back to the the parable of the prodigal son, Mm -hmm. if the son never returns home, if he never, if he never makes that choice to go back home, he never would have been forgiven. He never would have experienced forgiveness. Yeah, he would never have felt the forgiveness. Because I think the forgiveness in the, in the father's heart came well before the son ever returned home. I think it's in God's nature to forgive. If you want to experience the forgiveness, I think you've got to come home. You have to take that first step. Yeah. So I think receiving forgiveness from God is, is a choice you have to make. And it begs the question, then what keeps you from coming home to experiencing that? Shame. I remember, Devin, well before the gay-lesbian issues started kind of crashing into the church, in the 90s, it was abortion, believe it or not. Abortion seemed to be a really, really, really hot topic, and we're not going to jump into that, okay? I'm just, like, we're not here to create division or sides. But what I'm saying is I talked to so many women in the 90s um, as we were beginning our church and planting our church and asking uh, the questions, the hard questions, you know, that I've had an abortion. Is that something God could forgive me of, you know, like, because it had been so drilled into their heads and that it was not forgivable. And the the thing is, whether it's abortion or greed or gossip or lust or murder, are all of those things serious? Of course they are. Can they be life-changing? Yes. Can they be life-changing in the worst of ways? Yes, they can. But are they forgivable? And I say, yes, they are, that there is no, you know, I had you do that exercise where you raised your hand at the beginning of this episode to see what line of forgiveness you are not willing to cross. And I'm here to tell you, I believe there is no line of forgiveness that Jesus will not cross. But what about you? Is there a line of forgiveness you will not cross for yourself? Because I think these two things are totally related I I once heard he was a pretty liberal pastor, speaker, Brendan Manning, but I remember him saying something very interesting. He said, your experience with God will only be as big as what your concept of God is. And what I mean by that is if, if you view God as one who is unforgiving, 
then how can you experience the forgiveness? And if you don't view God as someone who's going to forgive you, how can you forgive yourself? And I think forgiving myself has been the one thing that is really, I don't know, that's been my biggest challenge, I think, in my life, especially my adult life. I, I've shared with you, and I hope Taylor doesn't mind. Taylor, of course, m- many of you know is my daughter. And one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do was tell my daughter that her father and I were getting a divorce. And uh, she was, Taylor was only, oh my goodness, I think she was 10 at the time when uh, we actually told her what was happening. And, you know, in that moment of her father and I making that decision, I, I robbed her of any, what I viewed as any future siblings. And I was robbing her of like the all American home. And I was robbing her of the family that she thought she knew. And, and that had all fallen apart. And I remember after sharing that news with her, Taylor going outside and I'm actually pointing right now at where she went. She went outside in the, in the driveway and she sat behind the car and she just started crying. Mm. And I am not saying this uh, for any pity for myself at all, but I'm saying it has taken me years to forgive myself for robbing Taylor of a childhood that I, I know she deserved. And I know Taylor is listening to this, and I know she doesn't hold it against me. I don't think she does. I, I think she has forgiven me without even me asking for her forgiveness. But she and I have talked about this in the past. But that's been a really hard thing to do, to work through that forgiveness. Do you think you've fully forgiven yourself to this day? I, I do. Um, I can talk about it now uh, from a place of being healed I don't allow that to keep me in a shame cycle. Mm-hmm. It's one of the, you know, it's just a huge regret of mine. And and it's, it's just something that it took me years and years, Devin, to really work through that. I want to talk a little bit about that, the working through the forgiving yourself part. So hard. How did that happen? I'll be honest with you. Um, it doesn't happen alone. Mm. You know, it, it doesn't happen in silence. It doesn't happen by isolating yourself. It doesn't happen by acting like it's not a big deal. I mean, um, it's like Brene Brown says that shame cannot survive being spoken, yeah. that it cannot survive empathy. And I'm really, really fortunate that despite all the bonehead moves I've ever made in my life, like God surrounded me with really amazing people in that time. And people I still to this day are my people. They're still my closest friends. You know, talk about making beauty from ashes, you know, bringing something beautiful out of that that was not great. And he he just blessed me with my friends, you know, with uh, Jennifer and Lisa and Kendra and Phyllis. And these are people that, you know, I would just sidle right up to me. And um, we talk about the hard stuff. I think the first step of forgiving yourself is not giving that shame life anymore. To talk it out loud with somebody that you trust. To be vulnerable. We talk about that a lot. But I think that's the first step in in opening up that path to forgiveness. Gosh, uh, Devin, I just feel like there's so many stories I could tell because I've just been kind of rotten my whole life. Like, I feel like there's, I got story (laughs) after story after story. But I can tell you that some of the most life-changing things that 
have happened to me have happened because, you know, I sat down with friends over a cup of coffee and we just started really digging into those things that hold us prisoner, the, the, the things below the surface that need to be addressed, that need to be faced and the things that need to be forgiven. And, and they're not easy things. I mean, they're they're It's hard. Life is hard. And uh, there's a reason why we bury things. There's always been a part of me that has wondered if I am, you know, worthy enough of having good friends and just so many things in my thought life and things that I've struggled with. And uh, I'll never forget, I was sitting with those friends that I just mentioned at Bob Evans. This was about the time of my divorce. And um, I was just like, I just feel like I there's so much I need to say and so many things I need to talk about. And we're sitting there at Bob Evans. And, you know, I just get done sharing my stories, my struggles and all kinds of things. And I'll never forget one of my friends that was there is British. Um, her name is Michaela. And I'll never forget, I'm, I'm in tears and I'm sharing all these what I think are deep, dark secrets. And, and I'm wanting healing and freedom from those things. And I'm wanting forgiveness for myself. And not that I had offended any of them, but I'm just looking for that release. And she said in the most beautiful British accent, is that all? She goes, I thought you had committed murder. <laughs> you know, once we release some of those things, maybe we're giving them more weight in our lives than what they need to have. And those things had held me hostage for so long. They had built up their own kind of power, you know, in my mind. And yeah, they just needed to be, they just needed to be released. And, and Brene's right. You know, shame cannot survive being spoken. And my mom, you know what my mom always said, Devin, perfect love casts out fear. Fear. Yeah. And so when you start to like ask forgiveness, like for yourself, um, when you get forgiveness from God and, and you realize that it's there, it's like you can live your life in a fearless way. Freely. Mm, absolutely freely. Because I have no fear. I have no fear that there's anything I'm going to share with those friends that's going to cause them to walk away. Because they know me and they still love me. And that's how God is. And then he shows us his character by putting people in our lives to express or to, to give us those same qualities. God says, I know you and I love you. And let me show you how this works. And he brought people into my life who I could share these secrets, these thoughts, these things that were weighing me down. And they're like, we, we still know you. We still love you. Nothing's changed. I think that's the big thing, you know, Devin, is like making yourself vulnerable enough and sharing your story with people, as Brene says, who've heard the right to hear it. Devin, do you have that voice, by the way, that never stops in your head? I'm not asking if you have some kind of, um, you know, um, mental illness or anything. And I don't mean any disrespect <laughs> in that way. But do you know what I'm talking about? Like the voice in your head that never stops? Yeah. It's always telling you you're not enough. You've messed up. You're not, you know, worthy of whatever you're seeking. Oh, yeah. That's like we talk about. That's Satan. Yeah. And he never shuts up. Mm -hmm. He never shuts up. And so, you know, I think we can flip the script on him a little bit and saying, okay, I hear you. Now watch what I do with this thing. I think we need to gather the courage to recognize our faults, to recognize where we messed up. And I know it's hard. Who wants to examine those? Not many people. But I think that's what self-forgiveness looks like, is saying, okay, gathering up my shit, all that I've ever done. And admitting you're human. Yeah. 
there's no way you're going to live this life perfectly. Rid yourself of that. I have for the past five years, by the no, way. No, I know you have. Yeah. I mean, that's why I've, you're on the podcast. I've aced it. Aced yeah. it. Just kidding. Right? But yeah, finding those people. And um, I think that's where self-forgiveness starts. I, this is my opinion. I don't think you'll fully recognize the forgiveness God has for you unless you learn to forgive yourself as well. Nailed it. I'm reminded of the interaction that Jesus had with uh, Peter, and we'll talk about it more next week, but Peter is talking to Jesus about forgiveness, and he says, how many times must I forgive? Seven? And Jesus is like, no, 70 times seven. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, Peter wanted to boil it down to a simple formula, and I think that that kind of forgiveness is not just what we extend to others that the forgiveness has to be there and it kind of has to be unlimited to a certain degree but I think we have to forgive ourselves that many times as well I think the challenge my friends is do you have that kind of humility you know are you humble enough in your walk with Christ and again I know that we've talked about Renee Brown a lot today but her resources are absolutely fantastic so Devin what I want to do is I want to upload a couple of the talks that Brene has talked about um, when she talks about being caught in a shame cycle. She talks about doing some things that are counterintuitive to how we normally handle negative self-talk, how we normally handle a shame cycle. For example, Devin, she talks about in one video, I just watched it the other day, that one of the things that you can do to help, help you maybe facilitate forgiveness for yourself is you talk to yourself the same way that you would talk to somebody that you love. Like, for example, uh, Devin, I, you know, I would never talk to you this way. I would never talk to my sisters or Taylor or anyone, but I would never say, you're just an effing idiot. Like, what were you? No, I'm serious. Like, right. I know, but that's so true. Like, Devin, you've made so many mistakes on this podcast today. Mm -hmm. I cannot believe that I'm paired up with you. I would never say that. But you would say it to yourself, right? But I would. Yeah. Like I, I could so easily get off the podcast and say, you're such an idiot. The things you said are so ridiculous. But, you know, learning to like respect yourself and forgive yourself in such a way that you would offer that to others, I think is beautiful. But all that to say, Brene is fantastic. Um, I say it like we're on a first name basis and we're not. We should be because she's the best. She's the best. And so I'm going to post a couple videos in the next couple days um, just for people to take a look at. And listen to, I just think her work is just too damn good to ignore. Agreed. So definitely check us out over on our Facebook page. Brene Brown's going to be probably taking up the whole feed for the next week or so. And we're good with that. And we are so okay with that. Um, Also, if you like the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I want to leave everyone with this just final reminder that if you are going to embark on this this path of self-forgiveness this week and learning to accept the forgiveness of God, When those thoughts start creeping in and you start questioning if you've gone too far, I want to remind you again that you are the beloved sons and daughters of God whom he loves and delights in. Mm -hmm. Just rest in that knowledge, my friends, as you enter into some maybe dark and murky waters this week. Let that give you clarity and peace. Well said. So on behalf of Julie and myself, here's to the good news. May we be it. May we seek it. May we spread it. So pull up a seat. There's no reservation needed. Be well, friends. Be well. Be well, friends.